0: Setting limits with others, especially in high-conflict situations where they're needed more than anywhere, or actually in any uncomfortable situation, is hard for most people. So we've created a place to learn how to do it in our virtual live lab, where you'll meet live, one-on-one, with one of our coaches to learn how to set limits. We'll use some of our own scenarios, and if you want, we can help you learn to apply them in your unique situation as well. It's a small investment with significant positive outcomes for you and for everyone involved in the situation. Schedule your live lab at highconflictinstitute.com slash live-lab or call us at 619-800-2070. Welcome to It's All Your Fault on True Story FM, the one and only podcast dedicated to helping you identify and deal with the most challenging human interactions, those with someone who may have a high conflict personality. I'm Megan Hunter, and I'm here with my co-host, Bill Eddy. Hi, everybody. We are the co-founders of the High Conflict Institute in San Diego, California, where we focus on training, consulting, and educational programs and methods all to do with high conflict. Now in today's episode, the last episode of 2023, we're going to talk about one of the things that happens during the holidays, conflict, <laughs> those big conversations <laughs> with people that we haven't seen for a, for a while. And uh, we're going to talk about what to avoid and what to do. Uh, and hopefully we can just end on a happy, peaceful note and uh, get us ushered into 2024. First, a couple of notes, though. Send your high conflict related questions to podcast at highconflictinstitute.com or on our website at highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast, where you'll also find all the show notes and links. Okay, Bill, so I think it's no surprise to anyone that holiday gatherings or any kind of uh, gatherings at any time of the year when we're around people that we aren't usually around. Uh, the families come into town and haven't seen them since last year or five years ago. And a lot of things have happened in the meantime, whether it's political, war, religion, (laughs) you name it, you know, any of the world events that that people like to talk about, you know, fill in the blanks here, they typically are going to come up at some point, even if everyone has thought to themselves in advance, I'm not going to talk about those things this year. And then they get there and someone makes a comment, right? And it just, it ignites a firestorm often, and if you have high conflict involved, uh, its it's probably going to uh, be a problem. and and I should say, if someone with a high conflict personality is at the Christmas dinner or the Hanukkah uh, dinner, you know, they're probably not going to stop themselves. and they may be the one who either brings it up or if 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 there's just one little opening, they're going to come in. what What do you think, Bill?
1: It's a characteristic of high conflict people that they lack self-restraint. And especially in public, many of them want attention. And by not restraining themselves, they can get attention. And family gatherings can be one of those places. Um, More and more people say they won't visit certain family members because of conflicts and such. And that's really sad. Ideally, we could all restrain ourselves. And know what to do and what not to do in different settings. And so I think most people, you know, the statistics seem to be like 80 to 90% of people are reasonable people, meaning they're reasonable. They think it through and they go, I'm not going to respond. <laughs> but 10 to 20% of people, maybe, you know, let's say 10% of people, maybe high conflict people who can't not respond they can't allow an opinion to go without their opinion coming in and and maybe you know we've talked about narcissists on this program and that's a common feature of narcissists they have to one up everybody well i and so you get 20 people together Um, If you work with 10%, percent you got two people that are high-conflict, and they're going to find each other. (laughs) So it may be— Like a
0: magnet. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It may be a a teenager and and an aunt or uncle who just have to go at it because they really see the world differently. And whether it's um, meat or being a vegetarian— I You know, I, I once knew this woman and her daughter, teenage daughter. The woman I knew was very against smoking um, but loved to have meat for dinner. Well, her daughter became a smoking vegetarian. <laughs> 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 and they argued about that endlessly. and And so this kind of thing where you get people— Almost it doesn't matter what the topic is, they're going to jump in and argue about it. So if you're hosting an event, I have a couple thoughts about this. One is to kind of be prepared for that possibility. And one thing you might do is, and most people don't do this, but it's it's my fantasy is that people would post a little note, like on a wall when you come into the house or the the room of the gathering, that says something like this. "'Tis the holiday season. Let's avoid hot topics that divide us and focus on discussions we can all enjoy. Thanks for making this a pleasant time for all." And that's all it has to say, and it can be big letters or subtle Being prepared often helps people, you know, that's like the signs at the airport, no jokes, you know, but thinking ahead. And another thing with that, if you think, let's say, Aunt Mary and Uncle Ken are going to get into an argument or something like that, that you might have a sitter, you might pick somebody that will sit right beside them and kind of calm them down, say, you know, that's 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 enough on that topic. Let's let's talk about something. Let's talk about where your vacation last year. You know, where was that you went? And by the way, can you pass the carrots? And so you distract them from their gearing up to a hostile argument. And so sometimes it helps to have kind of a sitter. I call it. I, I try not to say babysitter, but <laughs> because it's often people that have have got a lot of age since they've been a baby.
0: We could call it a minder.
1: A minder, yeah, mm. yeah. Um, but just maybe have somebody say, you know. Sister Sue is really good at getting along with everybody. Um, Have Sister Sue sit next to Uncle Ken, you know. (laughs) So those are a couple ideas.
0: Yeah, I've been in that role before, Bill. I've been that person. I've had to be the minder.
1: (laughs) Well, you're you're very good at that. <laughs>
0: uh, d- d- it depends on the day, I guess. But, um, interesting. And and I just had a thought while you were talking, Bill. I I think you called this uh, document maybe before we started the the recording. Um, the respectful gathering sign.
1: Right, respectful gathering policy, which is a takeoff from the respectful meeting policy we actually developed for a high tech company, that c- could be posted in a similar way.
0: So I think what we'll do is we'll create that sign and we'll For all of you listeners, we're going to put that in the the links for this episode. You can download that, print it out, and um, post it in your kitchen, your dining room, the deck, the patio, the living room, the bathroom, (laughs) um, (laughs) wherever you like. Make as many copies as you like. So we'll have that in the the show notes and links. Uh, That'll be kind of fun. And I think I really like what you say, Bill, about being prepared, because we go into the holidays and family gatherings and friendship gatherings with an expectation of joy and fun. And we're looking forward to the good food and we're going to bake and cook together and these things. And I don't think, you know, we might dread that one person coming, but we don't necessarily plan or prepare for it. And I think the preparation part is key, both for the entire group, like having a respectful gathering policy on hand um, and letting everyone know about it, Um, but also, you know, just personally for yourself, remember, remind yourself of the things you need to do, like when, when that individual that tends to, you know, uh, stir up a little trouble during the gatherings, um, remind yourself, I, I need to use some ear statements, I might need to uh, step back and not engage uh, in the way that I want to engage, I feel like engaging, and I may need to set some limits on the conversation
1: that's the reasonable thing to do but sometimes we're less reasonable if we're caught by surprise so that's where think ahead even think of some conversation topic shifts that you can do like tell me about that vacation you took or or what what hap- what's, hap- what's happening with with that job you're developing some new project or whatever it is that you know, be ready to de- redirect the conversation. And one thing I find with high conflict people is they're often redirectable more than the average person because they're used to going emotionally from topic to topic to topic and are more reactive than initiating. And so you may be able to say, hey, tell me about that, you know, or don't you live near that park? You know, is that park being developed and blah, 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 blah. So have some conversation shifters or starters.
0: <laughs> yeah, and put it on your calendar. I mean, if you have a Google calendar or something like that, I, I do that. You know, people may think it sounds ridiculous, but if I know I'm going to have a meeting with someone who typically gets under my skin, um, I'll just put a reminder on my calendar of what to do and what not to do, what to avoid. And that way, it's it's just on my mind and I won't get attacked. And I I honestly don't get as bothered. I don't let it get under my skin because I am prepared for it. And it takes practice. It doesn't all come in one day, but, but you can, you really get better at it and it's very empowering.
1: Yeah. You know, it, it just got me thinking. One of the things we teach in our New Ways for Families course is giving yourself encouraging statements and practicing giving yourself those encouraging statements while people are talking to you saying nasty things. And and what, what people have found is they don't hear the nasty things as much because their encouraging statement is what they're hearing in their head. And so you might think of something you can tell yourself when someone's trying to start getting you into an argument. Like, I'm not here to argue about that. Just telling yourself that. You can just be silent for a moment. Go, I'm not here to get into an argument. I'm not here to get into an argument. I'm not here to get into an argument. And and then just change the subject.
0: <laughs> and And say, you know, even things like, I can survive anything for... 15 minutes. I can survive anything for a day. Although I I said that once about um, a a couple of particular guests, I can survive anything for 10 days. Turns out I couldn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pushing it. (laughs) That was really,
0: really pushing it. But I think if we want to have a positive, joyful time with family, it's possible. It may be a little challenging, but but just remind yourself to do it. Put up that respectful gathering policy, and um, you know, don't feel too badly if if someone does bring some some awful things up. But you can say that's uh, probably not the best time of year to be talking about this, <laughs> or whatever will come to your mind like that to set that limit.
1: And keep in mind that if you really do want to discuss these topics, do it one-to-one without a group of people around. Because when there's a group of people around, people tend to pitch to the audience and people split into factions. And what we've learned about polarization is polarization increases when groups talk to themselves and decreases when individuals talk to each other who have different points of view. So try to save that for a one-to-one conversation.
0: Okay. So Bill's sitting here looking at me and I was like cheering him on as he said that. That's just so brilliant. And it, it just makes so much sense. Um, those one, having those one to one conversations. I recall a, a video, a documentary about, uh, two mothers, one Israeli, one Palestinian, and both of their adult children had been killed. And it was, it was just a devastating, devastating thing. And I I can't remember all the details, but what I do remember is when they got these two mothers together to talk about it instead of all of the discourse around it where the the polarization of this one side against the other and it was all the other's fault and just you know how that goes um it was it was a, it was absolutely stunning and beautiful when they could connect on a human level and on a a, a level as of of mothers and especially mothers of uh who had lost children so there, i think it's so powerful
1: Yeah, I've I've seen really touching situations like that. And we need that more today more than ever, is people to talk one-to-one as human beings rather than in groups talking about objects, which is the other group. And that's just the wrong way to go. And people don't realize that structurally human beings do that. It's part of human nature. You talk to your group about those people, You'll get farther and farther apart. You talk to one to one with one of those people, and you'll come closer and closer together.
0: With the caveat that if that individual has a high-conflict personality, you just have to use some skill with that conversation.
1: (laughs) Yes, yes. And so I really like thinking of the word reasonable. And if you're talking to somebody who doesn't seem reasonable, or at least at the time of the conversation, that may be a good time to try the uh, exit strategy we talked about last week. It's like, okay, if you're going to keep talking about this, I'm going to have to end the conversation.
0: And with that, Bill, we're going to end this conversation.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll have happy holidays. Just have a great, wonderful time. And and I was going to say, I'll see you in the new year. It may still be on Zoom for a little bit. Then we'll see each other in person sooner or later. So have a good one. Have a good one.
0: Yes, you too, Bill. It's been a great year. And, and uh, to all of you listeners, we're just so grateful to to you for listening and supporting us through each of our seasons. And we're, we're constantly surprised by the ever-increasing number of listeners we have and, and the continued growth. So like Bill said, we wish you the happiest of holidays wherever you are, however you celebrate, and also just a happy, happy new year. We will see you in 2024 for a brand new season. Do send us questions um, about anything to do with conflict and high conflict to podcast at highconflictinstitute.com or highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast. And again, we wish you a happy holidays and happy new year. Just keep striving to find the missing piece. It's All Your Fault is a production of True Story FM, engineering by Andy Nelson, music by Wolf Samuels, John Coggins, and Ziv Moran. Find the show, show notes, and transcripts at truestory.fm or highconflictinstitute.com slash podcast. If your podcast app allows ratings and reviews, please consider doing that for our show.